What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 10 of the Deep Ball Diamond Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Palo, joined, of course, by my co-host, Chris Brox. And Brox, we're almost at the All-Star break, just a couple more days. And you know what that means, man. The playoff races start heating up. The trade talks get uh, a lot more intensified. And I'm, I'm happy that we're finally at this point, but we still got a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, you know, it'd be cool if I can watch the Mets play. Um, today, they have their 10th rain out of the season. So I would love to say it's the playoff race, but the Mets still have to catch up on half their games, apparently. Yeah, listen, that's like a disadvantage in a way, because, I mean, you could you could say it's an advantage, though, in a way that, like, they're only going to have to play seven inning games sometimes. So you could be like, oh, well, they're starting pitchers, like, especially on a Mets team like DeGrom now. DeGrom in a seven inning game could basically go the whole game. Or you could look at it this way and be like, well, they have to play doubleheaders so much now, so their bullpen in the games they have to go to their bullpen is going to be absolutely tacked. But besides the point, tough for the Mets. I don't even know if the Mets – do the Mets even have 81 games yet? No, right? They're still like 74, 75? Yeah, they're not, they're not halfway there. Yeah, sure. I, think, I think the Yankees played their 84th game today, so yeah, that's crazy. But uh, we're going to recap some news first that's been going on in the league. I mean, last time we really talked to you guys was when Kyle Schwarber was going crazy. He's now, on, unfortunately, on the injured list. But yeah, we'll go through a couple of the things, big storylines in the league, and then uh, start giving you guys like kind of our all-star game reaction to who made the rosters and our home run derby preview as well. And we'll start it with the night that we actually recorded our podcast, I believe it was. The Chicago Cubs threw a combined no-hitter against the Dodgers. Uh, Zach Davies started that game, uh, and I think three other relievers came in for it. Um, didn't really get like a lot of hype, but honestly, when it was like, what, now this is the seventh no-hitter or anything already? Like, I mean, who cares about a combined no-hitter, honestly? Th- this year, who cares? Yeah, no, I mean, it's not like early in the year when we're freaking out how there was three no-hitters a week. Combined no-hitters are kind of cool, honestly, because, like, you know, like a starter on one day could have, like, some great stuff. You don't know what happened in the bullpen. So that was pretty cool to see happen against the Dodgers, too. But since then, the Cubs, uh, since that actual game, the Cubs have fallen off the deep end. Yeah, they have. I mean, could you say that they sold out for that no-hitter? I mean, no, they didn't. But, I mean, they they lost, like, 11 straight games. That is unbelievable. Put them definitely behind the eight ball in that NL Central race, which I was kind of writing off the Cincinnati Reds a couple weeks ago, and they said um, they, they started playing a little ball. They took it personal. I think Milwaukee's kind of opened the gap in the Central a little bit, definitely, uh, obviously with their three-headed monster in their rotation. But, yeah, it looks like the Cubs now. I mean, I think they're right there with St. Louis, I think, for third in the division. I think they're almost like nine games back now. So with that, I mean, and they're pending free agents. Uh, you think they have to sell at this point, right? Oh, dude, I, I hope they do. Because I hope the Mets are like, yo, Chris Bryant, we'll give you a... Honestly, I'd give up anything Chris Bryant at this point. That's, yeah. I, know, I don't care for half a season, man. If you want to go out and win, you get a guy like Chris Bryant. But just for any team, like Bryant, you can see even Baez. I mean, it'll cost a lot. Probably a little more for Baez, but you can see a lot of guys in the Cubs go. You can be a whole different team. Yeah, I mean, this is like that 2016 team. Uh, this was kind of like their last hurrah, I guess. But I wouldn't even consider that. I think last year, them losing to uh, the Marlins in the two playoff games, then them kind of trading you Darvish in the offseason was like a signal that like they were moving in that direction. I know Theo Epstein also steps down, takes like a more of a role with Major League Baseball. That's got to be a, it's a tough blow to absorb. But yeah, you have Chris Bryan, a pending free agent. Javi Baez, Anthony Rizzo, they couldn't come to a deal with this offseason. He'll be a free agent. 
Zach Davies, one of those pieces from the U Darvish trade, is going to be a free agent. And Craig Kimbrough has an option, which if you think about where the Cubs now, their direction's going, right? You don't really think that they're going to try to pay Craig Kimbrell like whatever's option. I think it's like $16 million or something like that. So I would assume that he would also, I think he should be the piece that should definitely be moved because one, everybody could use bullpen help. We see how every playoffs, it seems like teams that have those guys that can shut it down in the eighth and the ninth inning are the most successful. And yeah, he's had really a resurgent year. He's, a, he's an all-star. I know we'll definitely touch on him in a little bit, but yeah, I mean, those five guys I just said, I mean, I think Chicago should definitely trade those guys all out. Maybe try to like shorten your, uh, like the length that it's going to take to compete because they're like, your window's kind of closed right now. You know what I mean? So maybe it doesn't necessarily have to be a full rebuild, but this could be a nice retool. You don't necessarily have to get prospects who are three, four years away. Maybe you trade Chris Bryant to the Mets and you bring back like a near major league ready piece on their team. I can't think of somebody who's like, Ronnie Mauricio. Yeah, Mauricio is maybe like a year. He's probably like a year a year away. You know what I mean? And somebody who could step into that role like that. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I think the Cubs are definitely one of the biggest teams to watch at the deadline because of these pieces that they have. And I think it's kind of sad. I mean, obviously, they won their World Series first one in 108 years. So you'll say that 2016 was completely worth it. But um, I don't know. You know what I like? That, that lineup should have been just like, like I don't know. If you ask me, that team had no business only winning one World like not even only winning one World Series. Did they even make another NLCS after that? Um, was it 2017 they made? They made 2017 NLCS, I'm pretty sure. All right, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Against the it, Dodgers, yeah. but still, like, they were just That's never insane. the same after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you could couple, like, I know Brian had, like, not, I mean, a down year for Chris Bryant, like, was still a pretty good year, but, like, it wasn't his MVP season. Uh, Javi Baez went through some struggles. I know they lost guys like Addison Russell to uh, like off the field stuff. Who else was that? Ben Zobrist was out of like out of the league by them. But yeah, that was so, like, big fun. contracts too, man. Like um, oh, hater Hayward was a terrible contract. Eight years, 184 million. He was going. He was like a free agent as age 26 year, coming off a big year with the uh, Cardinals when they traded him the Braves to the Cardinals. And yeah, that was a brutal. That was a brutal contract. But listen, at the end of the day, they won. Uh, they're pitching too. They lost like Arietta, and then he like fell off anyway. But yeah, tough. I mean, like I, like I said, I can't be tough. It's gonna be sad. It's gonna be this is an emotional year if you ask me for Cubs fans because you know what I mean like these guys, like, especially if you're like an older Cubs fan. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're like older than us, like 30s, 40s, 50s, even. You know what I mean? You watch the Cubs lose, and then these guys finally brought your team a championship, and it's kind of like, all right, you're out the door because they're really not probably gonna pay these guys. I think. The most likely guy I think that they would pay is Rizzo because I feel like Rizzo's like the face of that. You know what I mean? Because he, he was kind of there first, yeah. too. They got him yeah. early from uh, San Diego. But it'll be interesting to see with the Cubs. And uh, uh, you said that they were going to be pretty bad today, right? They're down 8 nothing last time I checked to the Phillies. Yeah, listen. So. Sooner rather than later, definitely a team to keep their tabs on uh uh, about who they trade and like i said hopefully guys like Contreras, maybe uh ian happ hopefully can have a resurgent year you know what i mean there's there are still some pieces there potentially for the future i know that young starter too i know you said he got racked up today almanzi i think is his last name uh, aloze something i can't really pronounce it he hasn't had a great start to the year but it is so he does. he's got i know he had some hype around him coming into the year he's a high prospect we'll move on to another team, another team that's kind of been disappointing, uh, along with the Chicago Cubs, the Atlanta Braves, and another just awful news again. Mike Soroka, he like slipped in the clubhouse, he retours Achilles. Um, 
I think this is another team that can say that like are like the Atlanta Braves in trouble now. I mean, we're more they're more they're they are more than midway through the season and they're two games under five hundred. I think I actually picked them to go to the World Series and oof boy, my I, I mean, I'm not regretting I mean, yeah, I'm regretting my pick, but like it's just tough, tough luck for the Atlanta Braves this year. Dude, I mean I, tr- obviously I do not uh I do not mind them doing bad. I pick them to win the division too. But yeah, I mean they've had some tough luck, but also if you think about like the years some of these guys are having, man, like I wouldn't even like I mean obviously Freeman and uh Acuna are stars in the All Star game, Albies is in the All Star game, but dude man, their pi- their pitching man has just been I know we're gonna go into it soon about Soroka, but like guys like Ian Anderson, Max Freed, they have Smiley Morton. Um, their starters have not been that great, and their hitting has not been the same as it's been the past few years. So, and even their bullpen too has not is definitely not that good either. So, um, it's been a it's been a pretty pretty bad first half for the Braves. Um, we'll see, man. If they don't keep if they don't keep it up, not keep it up. If they don't bring up their playmen. The Mets could run away with this division fast. I yeah, they do, but dang, it, uh, it's not looking too good. Yeah, I'm, they got to close this gap, like, soon. I know you mentioned Ian Anderson. He had a great year last year. I mean, he's probably, like, he's having a right year this year. I mean, uh, he's got, like, an ERA, like, a 3.27. Not terrible, but Charlie Morton uh, hasn't been great. Drew Smiley's been even worse. Worse Freed off to a rough start. Really hasn't, like, still been that ace like he was last year. I don't even think – I don't think Freed lost the game last year. If he did, he lost one. But, yeah, obviously Soroka. Then they ran into tough luck with uh, Yanoa. Uh, breaking his hand. Obviously, on the offensive side, then, Darno went on the 60-day. Ozuna's done. Uh, Dansby Swanson's had a very bad year. Uh, you had a good You got a good year out of Austin Riley. I know Austin Riley's been hitting well, so yeah. I guess maybe that's a bright spot. But yeah, their lineup, like, that was such a strength last year, has definitely, um, it's kind of top-heavy with um, Acuna, Albies, and Freeman. And listen, I, like, I don't want to say there's a down year for Freddie Freeman. Obviously, the guy just won MVP. He's in, like, 270 with 17 home runs. I think, like, for Freeman's standards, he'll even tell you it's not what you call it. Maybe not his best year, which I got to ask you, Brox. Freddie Freeman is a pending free agent. Braves go on a tough skid. I mean, they haven't really been able to, um, like, they didn't come to an agreement, I don't before the off, before the season. I don't know if they've been in negotiations during the year, if he was, like, one of the cases where he's just like, I don't want to talk about it during the season, which I can definitely see Freddie Freeman being that type. But uh, do you think that there's a chance that, A, the Braves don't re-sign Freeman in the offseason? And if you don't think that they're going to bring him back, do you think that the Braves should try to trade Freeman at the deadline? Um, realistically, I don't think they trade him. But I think if they fall back in the division so far, then there's a chance. I feel like he's the type of guy they just won't trade. That would just be a tough look for them. Because I feel like even if they re-sign him, like, they're still with the pieces like for next year and beyond. But yeah, I mean, that'll be, a, that'll be a surprise trade for me. But at this point, I mean, it's not the worst idea. Um, I, I don't get how they don't pay this man. Like they got Albies and Acuna on great deals right now. Like you have the money to sign this guy. This is the guy who should be given everything. Dude, I agree. And like Freeman's been there for forever. I think he came up in about 2011, I want to say. Uh, 2010 maybe and yeah like I mean he's the veteran presence in that locker room uh I don't get how you don't bring him back but I think that if the Braves like it, it almost scares me to the point that like they haven't brought like they haven't signed him yet so like will they sign him maybe they thought his value was too high 
in the offseason coming off an MVP year. But who knows? I'd be scared to be an Atlanta Braves fan. Um, but, yeah, I think if they fall back, I mean, I just can't rationalize the Braves letting this guy walk. But especially with Ozuna, but, like, that that's another thing. Like, you could they do, like, Ozuna at one point. Like, well, yeah, with, with no Ozuna, now it's like, well, if you lose Ozuna and Freeman, basically, in the same offseason, right, then your offense just went from top tier to, I'm not going to, like, maybe a little above average, right? Like, you went from a top five to now top 15. But um, if you, like, like you have so much money now tied into Ozuna, that's probably going to be dead money if you think about it. That's like, now you got to also pay Freeman. That's And God forbid he, like, regresses a little bit. Then it's like, wow, like, those are two tough contracts back in back-to-back offseasons. So the Braves GM, he's got a lot to think about. And um, I hope he makes the right decision. I hope he keeps Freeman. But I think Atlanta, I think Atlanta Braves baseball, at least um, if Freeman decides to move on, or or the Braves move on from Freeman, uh, I think they're in good hands with Acuna and Albies. But yeah, you even mentioned that too. They're, Acuna and Albies are on such good deals. That's like, how do you not pay Freeman, man? Even like Soroka, I, I don't know what's going to happen with him when he comes back. Freed's on such a good deal too. Like, because I mean, not like they're just young, you know what I mean? Ian Anderson, like this is the Braves window now. Like you, you had a tough year this year, but let's bring Freeman back and let's get back on the right track. I know Dude, you don't think I, the Braves getting on the right I hope track. Freeman, I hope Freeman goes out west. Let him go to like the Angels or something. <laughs> I don't want to see this guy play against the Mets ever again. Yeah, move Jared Walsh to the outfield, play, play him in one of the corner spots, and play Freddie Freeman. Slot Freddie Freeman in that lineup. Uh, Imagine that lineup. Otani. Otani, Trout, Freeman, Rendon, Walsh. I mean, that is probably, and then, I don't know, maybe even throw Fletcher, Fletcher. Throw, Fletcher fir- throw Fletcher first in that order. Oh, my goodness, man. Uh, that would be, that's a, that is an absolute gauntlet. But uh, let's move on to, um, I guess, more of a surprise. I, I wouldn't even call this a surprise. Uh, this was last Sunday now. I think, like, the 27th, I want to say, maybe 28th the Sunday was. I don't remember. Uh, Hector Santiago was the first pitcher to fail the foreign substance check. He did appeal it. He says that it was only rosin on his glove. He was kind of like smiling. Um, I'm kind of surprised though. Maybe it was, yeah. I think it was like about a week since like the check started. I was, I mean, I'm not really surprised that somebody um got caught, but I do, I do um find it interesting like that he like he's still obviously appealing it and like how the process is going. Like they literally like took his glove and they're sending it to like new york to get it inspected like i think that's like pretty weird if you ask me like i feel like that's like kind of um a judgment call on the field you know what i mean yeah and i don't get why you can't inspect right there like at the stadium you have someone there or umpires do it after the game i don't know why they can't do it right there that it was it's a weird process um i don't know like what i don't know what they would do if like they were like oh actually he's fine like Wait, so he's appealing, so he's still so he able, able to pitch. Like he, pit, he pitched the other day uh, for oh, Seattle. Okay. All right, then, yeah. I mean, but it's still weird, though. It's a, it's such a weird situation with everything. It is. And, like, what are they doing? Are they sitting in a lab right now, like, dissecting the glove, like, taking it I apart? Guess. Like, why is it taking so long, first of all? It should take not, not even a day. I don't, like, I don't know. That's besides the point. I know we had to mention that. Uh, like I said, I'm not surprised that a pitcher got caught i'm honestly i'm honestly surprised that more haven't you know what i mean like especially yeah. the way that it the way that it seemed like all, all this sticky stuff had just taken over i mean we're also in the heat of summer where like who knows that their sunscreen can get what's from called sunscreen can be on the uh 
like inadvertently get caught on your glove or something like that, get caught on your wrist or something, and an umpire feels feels it and is like, yeah, you're gone. But uh, that's that. Uh, moving on to another guy who's been absolutely raking. Uh, he'll be in the home run derby this um this coming Monday. Joey Gallo for the Texas Rangers. He's absolutely turned his season around. He got off to a slow start, and I I want to say it's like ten home runs in his last ten games or something like that. He's on an absolute tear. Another guy who's a free agent after next season. And I'm wondering, do you think Gallo ends up getting dealt at this deadline? Oh, yeah. I think if you're the Rangers, you want this guy to win the Derby. So you boost his stock a little more. That's what they're thinking about right now. Rangers have to be have to be sellers, man. So I think Gallo right now in the Derby, and the way he's playing right now, is all working well for them. Yeah, look, I did just fact check it. We got 10 home runs in the last 10 games. I think he's hitting almost like 400 in that stretch, too. And Jeez. I think the most underrated thing about Joey Gallo is how good of a fielder he is. I'm pretty sure he won a – yeah, no, he has won a gold glove before. He's got an absolute cannon of an arm. He's an absolute like, missile. Yeah. That's what I'm like, – like, you want Joey Gallo on your team, no doubt about it. Even, like, as crazy as that sounds for his glove and, like, the potential he brings at the plate, yeah, he's going to strike out 100,000 times at the plate. But, I mean, it's worth it. Uh, I mean, he's got some versatility, too. He hasn't played them in a while, but he came up as a third baseman and a first baseman. And just as how good of a fielder he is, I'm sure he can make that. What you want to give him a couple of days. What you want to get back into the swing of things. Uh, he could even play center field. He's not, like, completely slow. Not, like I said, he's a gold glove defender. Um, I know a hot target for Joey Gallo is potentially the New York Yankees. I think that he would be, like, a dream hitter in Yankee Stadium, obviously, with his power, because that guy could absolutely get under a fly ball and it would just go out like easy, like because that's the power he has. But yeah, I think I agree with you. I think the rain, like the Rangers, if you ask me, are a team that I don't even think next year will compete. So this is where you have to capitalize and trade him with a year and a half on him, because a team like the Yankees this year who need a piece to uh, probably put them over the hump or at least give them a chance to get over the hump will be even that much more desperate. And then they'll also give up more knowing that they have them next year. Like, I hate when teams just hold on to guys and they don't capitalize the value. Like, the Rangers have to look themselves in the mirror and go, look, we are not going to win a World Series this year. And I'm sorry, we're not going to win a World Series next year. So let's deal Gallo. They should deal Kyle Gibson, too, who's having a career year. He's also an all-star. And they should start retooling and get some pieces we can play with in the future with uh, Connor Falefa and play with uh, Adolis Garcia. Yeah, I mean, you said it, man. If I'm the Rangers, I just take advantage of how bad the Yankees are playing right now and how bad they need a center fielder. Because if the Yankees get Gallo, you gotta, they got to play him in center field. Because obviously, mm-hmm. you don't, no room in right. No reason to put him in left. I mean, you got to put him in center field. You have to adjust being a center fielder, but you have to take advantage of it. And you got to know that the Yankees are probably overpaid. They, the Yankees don't like to lose. So I think. If you put him available to the Yankees, man, they can get some pieces like a guy like like Davy Garcia, um, Florial. You can get you can get a good package from Gallo from the Yankees if they continue to still play. I mean, we'll see what they keep playing after the All Star break, but if they continue to play bad and they're desperate for a center fielder or just a bat, I think you can see that being a, a potential move. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the biggest thing that comes down with the Yankees is uh coming back from the All Star break, they play eight of eleven with Boston. So if they start gaining some traction on Boston there, I think there's a real shot that they can try to make a play on Gallo. And if they don't, and they start getting swept by, like, not like they get swept in a series by Boston or something, they lose six out of eight of those games. I mean, call it crazy. I don't think, like, 
I think we could be seeing like maybe a 2016 deadline with the Yankees where they trade off some of their certain guys, which uh, would be crazy if the Yankees were sellers. But uh, again, I think that's just like that would be the better play for 2022. Another team that I think would be interesting is another AL team for Gallo. Would maybe be Tampa Bay. I know Tampa Bay. I, I mean, they're like 15 games over 500, but like they they don't really have like that tiered bat in their order. I mean. Uh, Randy Rosarena hasn't played great this year. Um, Zanino's their all-star because he has a ton of home runs. You know what I mean? But uh, they got Lau and Meadows. I mean, you just got Joey Gallo in there. I feel like he fits that like mold too of like their versatility. Uh, and who knows? I feel like Gallo kind of like in that sense like would be a good fit for the Rays. So maybe. Yeah, I don't like the problem with the Rays, man. I mean, I don't know what Gallo's contract is. I'm guessing Gallo doesn't have a crazy contract. Probably still on. Is he not? He's not a rookie. Arbitration. Deal, right? I think he's still. I think okay. he's arbitration eligible this year. I think he came up okay. like 2015. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's still arbitration eligible. Or if not, it, he signed like one of those like contracts when he was young that like voided out the year of arbitration. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, if you don't have to raise them, man, they're not a team that take on money. So I can see the Rays making some like minor debt moves like for guys uh, i don't even know what the rings can get man they you're right man like they're like everyone's raised i'm in a great year meadows has not had a great year like last year um they need some more bats but at this point they'll probably come call up some some crazy prospect at this point i mean they do have wander franco though so that's that's a good start they did just call up one of their other kids actually uh uh Vidal uh Brujan. Brujan. Brujan, yes. Brujan, yes, Brujan. yes. Yeah, he's good. He's another watchable. I think he plays like he plays like middle infield and uh the center field as well. So I'll wait for this guy to be an absolute stud. Give it give it a couple months and uh he'll help him out. But uh moving on to uh like one last thing too that we'll talk about, just cut over this briefly. Uh the Dodgers, uh obviously still fighting an uphill battle with San Francisco, they're going back and forth, and they're not going to have their one of their top pitchers. I mean, you can't even call them the ace of that staff with um, Kershaw and Bueller also there. But Trevor Bauer, Trevor Bauer's placed on uh, MLB's like administrative leave. Uh, we'll see how that could te- potentially impact the Dodgers because, like I said, with San Francisco above them, San Diego breathing down their neck. Obviously, you want Bauer out there every fifth day. He's an all-star caliber pitcher. So uh, definitely something to keep your eye on, potentially. Maybe Bauer could be out for the foreseeable future. Yeah, just like a minor thing. Just I don't know if we'll ever see Bauer in a Dodger uniform again or in baseball, but that's something to keep a, an eye out for in the near future. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, if it's whatchamacallit, uh, that allegation is definitely very serious. So we'll have to see what happens. And, yeah, the consequence. I mean, yeah, who knows, especially with him yeah. getting that crazy payday. Uh, this past offseason. I know he didn't even take, like, the watch where he kind of bet on himself in a way that he could, like, opt out early and potentially get even more money, but uh, might come back to bite him. But enough with that. Let's start focusing on uh, what we got coming this weekend. So, uh, obviously, it's All-Star Game weekend, so we're going we're gonna to give you guys a rundown of, like, the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby. Uh, we'll start with the All-Star teams kind of in the construction. Brock, so we'll start with you first. Uh, well, we'll recap this first from our last episode. I mean, we picked, I think we were four for four on our picks, guys making the All-Star team. I know Coy was actually on our last episode, too, and he picked Raphael Devers. Raphael Devers also in the All-Star game. You had Cedric Mullins of the uh, Baltimore Orioles. You had Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm-hmm. Those guys both made it. I had um, Adolis Garcia of the Texas Rangers, and I had 
Trevor Rogers of the Miami Marlins. Trevor Rogers, too, they did a funny video with him. They I saw acted that. like they were That's sending funny. him down to AAA, and then they were like, oh, you got plans? You got family or whatever? He's like, get ready to go to Colorado or whatever. Uh, poor guy looked pretty upset at first. And he actually thought he was probably still going to AAA after that. But uh, good sure. for Trevor Rogers. Definitely a bounce back year. I mean, not really a bounce back year, a breakout year, I should say, for him, even though it's only his rookie year. Probably the front runner here for um, National League Rookie of the Year. But um, we'll start with you, Brox. Any big surprises that uh, stuck out? Like any guys you saw on this roster that you maybe were like, hey, like maybe they shouldn't be there, or guys that, uh, yeah, guys that shouldn't, should, maybe shouldn't be there? I'll go with one here because it's, it's a pretty deep roster uh, on the NL side. Um, I'm going to go with Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is not having a bad year. But for Mookie Betts' standard, he's batting a little under 250 in his 11 home runs, 27 RBIs, which honestly isn't terrible. But for Mookie Betts, this doesn't sound like a type of year for him coming off, what, an MVP season. So I, I would say Betts is my surprise here. I mean, the, there's not much surprises on the team right now, but I would say Betts is probably the one that's like a little iffy, but either way, it doesn't matter. Still um, top three player in baseball. Yeah, oh, yeah, no doubt. And you know how good he is, obviously, defensively. I'm sure, like, those metrics love him. Like, his war is probably still very good, uh, his defensive run stave and stuff like that. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think maybe his name carries him a little bit in that sense. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we talk about these guys kind of being, like, surprised. Like, we, we always talk about when All-Star rosters comes out, oh, this guy got snubbed, this guy got snubbed. But it's pretty hard if you ask me to take guys off the roster. Like, all these guys, like, you can say for the most part, like, earned it. In that sense. Uh, but I'll stay with another guy. Maybe Juan Soto. Another guy whose name is kind of carrying him. I know he was banged up a little bit in the beginning of the year. Only hit seven home runs. Which I'm also surprised he's kind of in the home run derby. I know he's obviously, he's such a good hitter, Juan Soto. But he's not really like, I don't know. I think of him as just like, I don't think of him. like He's not a slugger, if you ask me. Like the home runs yeah. come second. He's just a naturally line drive hitter and everything. He has 11 home runs actually on the year. Excuse me. Only hitting like 280. Uh, like 11 home runs, like I said. He's got a great on-base percentage, though, which definitely um helped out his case. Maybe, like I said, I don't think this guy's like necessarily a uh, like non-deserving, but definitely someone who, when I saw, like, I knew, obviously, they'd get Trey Turner in the Nationals, and with Kosh Warber, his June, he had to be in there. So to see, like, them give that third, like, reserve spot to a na- another Nationals guy, specifically hitter, uh, definitely pretty surprised. Uh, I got a cu- no, no, another couple, uh, like, a couple more surprises, excuse me. Um, God, the Texas Rangers had three all-stars. Uh, I mean, going into the year, I don't know if like, obviously you have to have one all-star. I was like, oh, they're just going to have a minimum, right? They're just going to have the one guy, but maybe probably Joey Gallo, I would have predicted, but Adolis Garcia and Kyle Gibson, both having deserving years. I know we just mentioned Kyle Gibson could potentially be a trade candidate, but yeah, they're the second worst team in the AL and they have three all-stars. And, uh, I think the pirate, yeah. And the pirates also have two all-stars, another second worst team in the NL. So, uh, I guess good in that sense. You know what I mean? Even though the team success maybe isn't there, at least the players are getting, uh, the credit that they deserve because all of those guys, uh, on the pirates and the Rangers are having all-star seasons. Yeah. I mean, you think about like, um, the all-star teams this year, like the national, like those teams just said, the nationals have three guys that the Nationals are sitting in third place. Um, a team like the, the Mets have one all-star in their first place. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like it that way because, you know, like, I mean, I guess the Mets are a different story. Like, they haven't had the greatest year from most of their guys. Most of the guys have been hurt besides the ground, obviously. But um, I kind of like that, you know, having some some top-tier talent on some pretty bad teams. Making the all-star team is good uh, recognition for the players, even though they're, it's not showing in their team's record. And also for the teams, you know, like, at least it shows something like, hey, we're – 
we're building something here right now. So I kind of like it. Like, you know, not bad. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, like you mentioned, like another t- like Tampa Bay has one All Star this year, and he's the what you call it. It's Danino. Like, and they're in second place, and I, they probably have like a top five record, honestly, in baseball. Maybe top, uh, maybe not top, like like top three in the AL, but they're not top five in baseball. But um, another surprise. I mean, not that these guys are surprises for their stats, but if you would have told me that before the season, one Craig Kimbrell and two Buster Posey would be all-stars I'd be like what are we in 2014 2015 obviously these two guys have had uh unbelievable careers you know what I mean we'll talk about them when they retire potentially as maybe getting into the hall of fame but Buster Posey has had a terrific season and probably the catalyst for why San Francisco has come uh come alive this year and been um a playoff team like a playoff caliber team that one of the best records in baseball in 328 with 12 home runs obviously at the catcher position so impressive and uh Craig Kimbrough is like a point six ERA or something like that, and he was disastrous for that year and a half that the Cubs signed him for. They signed him in like the middle of the season. That was it. Did it did not look good. But now, I mean, we just talked about it earlier. He's playing himself into a valuable trade chip. So if you would have told me that Craig Kimbrell would be a hot commodity come late July, I would have called you crazy. But yeah, just a testament to how good a season had. And I mean, he's been. Do- I mean, we've all known how dominant Kimbrell can be when he's on. Obviously, back when he was with Atlanta, uh, he was good. In, like he's all right in San Diego, pretty good in Boston, but uh. He's kind of turned back the clock this year. Yeah, I mean, Kimbrough, man, like when they signed him like mid-season, I was I wanted the Mets to sign him, and then he did. It was pretty bad like the first two years. I was like, damn, bro. But now it's like it's kind of good to see a guy who just wants a dominant closer in this league turn it around. Um, I I mean I don't like him because he was on the Braves. He absolutely tortured the Mets. But uh, it's kind of cool to see. It's obviously good for the Cubs. They can probably get some up. Decent prospects out of him this side of trade him. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Uh, and well, I guess one one last guy I'll just mention too, Mark Melanson. Mark Melanson had a couple tough years once he left Pittsburgh. He was like with Washington, then he was with like San, he was with San Francisco, he was with Atlanta, and all bounced around. Then settles into the closer spot in San Diego, and uh, he's leading the league in saves. So good for Mark Melanson finally uh, kind of bouncing back a little bit. We'll go with the snubs now, Brock. I mean, there's a bunch of snubs like I kind of said earlier. Like we you you always. And any sport, you look at the rosters and you're like, oh, this guy got snubbed, this guy, this guy. Uh, one particular part that I think really got snubbed, I mean, there's just been so many great pitchers in the National League that, like, to, the criteria to make the All-Star game is, uh, I mean, it's pretty high. So I, I think we're both going to have some NL pitches. I guess I'll lead off with one of them here. I'll go with Freddie Peralta of the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean... Brandon Woodruff, his teammate, and Corbin Burns both make it. So to have three starting pitchers on the same team, pretty tough. But, I mean, Freddie Peralta, 7-3 with a 2.23 ERA. He's like 128 strikeouts, I think, or something like that. Uh, he's been real good for the Brewers. And, again, I mean, a main reason why they're in first place is that three-headed monster. The Brewers are a scary team in the playoffs because you're going to see those three guys in games one through three. And then Devin Williams and Josh Hader in the back end of a bullpen. But, yeah, I think Freddie Peralta ultimately did get – um snubbed because of the two guys on his team honestly who are having uh also terrific years yeah no, that's tough man um Peralta's having a great year and he's but he's looked down upon because he's not the best pitcher not the second best pitcher on that team mm-hmm. probably not the third best if you add in Hader. so yeah uh, it's tough crazy. but i mean if you're the brewers man you don't care you get a you get a plethora of just great starting pitchers right now and that's huge in uh in a playoff series right there, man, you have three top end guys. So like like an NLDS right there, man. Like they're I'm not set. saying a lock, but they're they're set at this point. Yeah. Like that would be a bet. Like that 
that is a bad matchup if they're like the under seed. You know, like you know what I mean. If they're yeah. three seed, like that, that's a tough matchup for a two seed. Especially if like the two seed comes down, maybe it comes down to like one game with whoever it is between the two and the one. But listen, your Mets, they got a killer top three in the rotation, and they're not maybe getting necessarily the love they deserve. Yeah, no, we're thinking along the same lines here. My snub is going to be Taiwan Walker because last week I said he should pro- he should make it. I mean, as a reserve, not a, I mean, yeah, I guess a reserve. Even talking about pitchers, um, but Walker had, he just had a great game against the Yankees. He got what, you know one hit. Um, on Saturday, game one, he went five and I think two thirds. And this guy, man, has been a horse all year. He's a two point four. He's seven and three. Um, he had a, just had a great year for the Mets. He's been the one lone constant with Degrom and Stroman to keep this team alive. And it, it sucks he didn't make it, but after looking at the the roster, I mean, it's it was kind of tough to beat out those other pitchers. But I think because um, Degrom today does not want to go to the All Star game. I would hope at least they would replace um, Degrom with Walker. So right now it's yeah. a snub. Hopefully it's not in a few days, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's one thing we should know. Like obviously this is, we're saying snubs right now, but they could definitely get in as replacements. And yeah, I hope that they definitely bring um, Walker on, especially because the uh, Degrom's the, the Mets only All Star. You know what I mean? Give them some representation in this game. I'll stay in the NL with two stud starting pitchers. Obviously these guys have been stars in the game forever. Uh, Max Scherzer, seven and four this year. The two point one ERA has a hundred has one hundred twenty seven strikeouts. Um, honestly, one of the best. Like, I'm not gonna say one of the best first half. I mean, a great first half, even by his standards. And we know how dominant Scherzer's been. So, kind of a snub there. Uh, Walker Bueller, another guy's eight and one with a two point four nine ERA. He was my pick to win Cy Young. Uh, as you know, obviously Bueller, uh, big time postseason pitcher, was huge last year uh, on the Dodgers World Series run. It definitely has kept it going this year. Maybe those guys can sneak. Gone. But yeah, you mentioned, I mean, you got DeGrom, Gosman, Burns and Woodruff, you uh, Darvish is another starter on that team, then Marquez is the Rockies representative, and then you have Rod Taylor, Trevor Rogers, and Zach Wheeler, who are the Marlins and the Phillies representatives, and it's like, uh, I mean, those guys all deserve it too, you know what I mean? So it's a tough, it's a tough, tough roster to crack in the NL, whereas in like the yeah. AL, like I think these guys would be, whatchamacallit, these guys would be... Uh, in pretty um convincingly but uh, two other guys that i'll mention real quick uh jonathan the guy i know this is a homer pick he's like seven and three on the year 2.5 uh, 2.15 era uh whip under one then probably the yankees best reliever him and chad green kind of neck and neck uh maybe he can sneak in as a reserve uh as a replacement excuse me but i mean it's hard to make the all-star team especially when you're like a reliever who's not a closer and like in the case like you could argue that Lewisic is not even, like, the best non close Like, you know what I mean? Because him and Chad Green. Chad Green's definitely the bigger name in that bullpen. And even though Lewisic has had a better year than Chad Green this year, uh, even though that's taken away from Green because he's had a good year as well. And one last guy, Jordan Alvarez, just ran into problems with there being so many DHs. You have Otani's a DH who made the All-Star team. Nelson Cruz is another DH who made the All-Star team. And, like, J.D. Martinez, too. So you could argue. But Alvarez hitting 305 with 16 home runs. Uh, Alvarez, like, Crazy. Alvarez has only played 100. Like he's played 160 career games, and he has 44 home runs with 138 RBIs and a career like a career 308 average, and basically a season's worth of play. That is actually absurd. That's man. ridiculous. I know he was like he was real bad. Like he only played like two games last year, but I mean that is crazy, man. That's Maybe crazy. like doesn't get like enough love he deserves because he's another young star in the game. I mean he's only what like 
24, if that. Yeah. I, I like when I when I saw that, I was like, there's got like there's got to be a mistake. There's only like 160 games, but definitely gets overlooked if you ask me. I know maybe also because he's like a DH too, so doesn't really help his case like, like as like an overall player. But I mean, those are crazy stats, man. But uh, you got any other snubs you want to mention, or you want to move on to guys who maybe you think uh shouldn't like maybe guys who made the All Star team that you definitely think should be stopped. Um, I'll go one more quick one. Um, I would say it's a sn- if this guy played more, he probably would have made it. But I'll say it's a snub just because uh, I'll go with Starling Marte of the Miami <laughs> Marlins, who's having a pretty decent year, potential trade candidate as we've seen yep. the Marlins ready to move Chris Dickerson. Um, is it Chris Dickerson? Corey Dickerson. Sorry. Corey Dickerson. So I mean, Marte's batting two eighty right now. I mean, he doesn't have the the stats like the home. He doesn't have many home runs. He has six home runs, eighteen RBIs. He has sixteen stolen bases. Um, he's still a great center fielder. He's fast. Um, so I think you know it's kind of a snub. If you put a like more healthy this year than me, I probably think he would have made the All Star team along with Rogers, but um, he just wasn't healthy enough. Yeah, I'm with you. John Marte, definitely a guy who uh, us played well enough, but yeah, just not enough games. He was a uh, nice deadline acquisition last year actually for the Marlins and I'm sure this year they should definitely look to trade him because his market is uh what should we call it? his market's definitely going to be uh noticeable who who did uh Dickerson go to he went to the Blue Jays right with uh what's yeah. his name he went with that reliever too he throws like funky uh Simber uh Adam Simber Adam, Adam Simber, Simber yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean the Blue Jays bullpen has been horrendous and they pick up Simber they picked up uh Trevor Richards actually as well all for that routed to Les trade so maybe they can uh make some noise with that uh going into maybe a guy who like necessarily i should have thought would, should have been a starter this year uh max muncie has played real well for the dodgers this year he's leading the league to an on-base percentage like i kind of mentioned freddie freeman's kind of having a down year uh i think maybe muncie probably should have been the all-star uh the all-star starter i know he definitely he still makes the team as a reserve and in the end of the day like if you're like that's not really that big of a difference you know what i mean like the, like you get snubbed like that that's a big difference being a reserve you know what i mean like he still gets it on his career accolades that he was an all-star. It's not designated that he was an all-star starter in the game. So That's true. So, I mean, but I, I think a guy who's leading the league in on-base percentage, and when you're not getting your best name out of, like, your best uh, per year out of Freddie Freeman, I think maybe Freddie Freeman's name carries him a little bit. But, like, I, I don't think you lose too much sleep over that. Anybody, anybody else uh, kind of stru- sticking out to you, too? Yeah, I mean, I'll probably go with one more. Um, I'll go with Noel Arenado. He's having a decent year, first year with the Cardinals, but I would say he's not a starter-worthy type of guy. Um, he's just not having the same, like, I, you know what, not a course. But he's not having the same year, man, that, like, and I guess in years past, but he's just not having, like, a fantastically offensive year. His defense is kind of, like, kind of bad-ish. Not bad, but not for a gold glover like Arenado. So, I mean, I'm, him starting, a little questionable. He should make, he should make the team, but starting, um, a little far-fetched for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I think maybe the home course, uh, obviously the Rockies fans with Arenado uh, being their star for so many years, definitely uh, pushed him into that all-star starting spot. Definitely helped him out in the fan vote. Uh, I'd agree with you there. Uh, one last thing I want to just touch on with the all-star game. Uh, obviously, a cool note, Otani was like the first player like ever voted as a two-way player, which is unbelievable. Again, I, I just don't think we realize how truly special that is. And maybe we won't until, because like if we see like, who knows, like in the next 15 years, if nobody else does this, then it's like, wow, man, it's like unbelievable. But 
uh, hats off to him. I'd love to see him hit and pitch in the game. I wonder what they're going to do. Like, I mean, it doesn't really matter because there's so many guys on the bench with the All-Star game, so they'll probably just eventually take him out of that DH spot. I'm assuming he'll probably pitch in, I don't know, maybe the fifth inning or something like that because, like, he'll get two at-bats hitting. Then they'll take him out to pitch or something like that, like the fourth, fifth inning, and then they'll just take him out of the game after his inning pitch. But uh, that's a cool note. Another thing you mentioned, DeGrom opting out. Uh, Jose Altuve is another guy that's opting out. I think Altuve is actually only opting out. I know he said because like, he's a little banged up or stuff, but I wouldn't be surprised if more Astros opt out because this is really the first Correa time. Did. Like, you said Correa did? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that, that's who. I knew there was somebody else. I couldn't. I, I, for some reason, I thought I read it as Bregman, but Bregman didn't even make the all-star team. But, yeah, so now you have Correa and Altuve backing out. I mean, I know Brantley made the all-star team from Houston and uh, Presley, but those two guys, like, Brantley was, like, not, like, you know what I mean? He's, like, kind of iffy because, like, he came there late in 2019. And uh, Presley's a pitcher, too, so you know what I mean? Like, again, another guy came there late. So, like, those two guys, I think, can get by with that. Like, they'll be fine. But I think that's pretty uh, noteworthy that Altuve and Correa, I think they definitely got tipped off. Like, you know what, honestly, don't even go to the All-Star game because, like, you're not going to want to deal with it. I think the players would honestly, like, just, like, resent them, like, at the whole thing. So I'm kind of happy that they're both, like, at least at least maybe there's, like, a mini punishment in the way that they can't even enjoy the game because, like, I think it's such a BS that, like, oh, they're just opting out to save their health. Yeah, I mean, I... I kind of like it from the standpoint that they played 60 games last year, and then now you're playing a full season. You've seen so many injuries already. I mean, a guy like Degrom, who's been injured so many times. So I mean, thank God he, he's not going. As a Mets fan, obviously, I mean, you're a baseball fan, kind of sucks. But like, as a Mets fan, thank God he's not. He's not going. Just to eat some rest. So I kind of like it. You know, like guys, guys just want to rest up, man. It's, it's a long year after having. A really weird season. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. I, I, I don't mind it. Um, it. It sucks, but you know what? There's also other guys who deserve to be there, so let them go. Yeah, you know, honestly, you make a real good point there. They're kind, of, they are in a way they are putting their team first. Maybe I don't necessarily completely like buy their thing, their like uh, press conferences and stuff like that. But yeah, it is a long season. I think it's a lot different too. Like. For me, with my standpoint with DeGrom, like, DeGrom throws one pitch in the All-Star game. Like, who knows? You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a lot harder for, like, a hitter in an, like, an All-Star game atmosphere like that. You know what I mean? Like, you can kind of, like, ease up a little bit. But as a pitcher, I mean, you're still going 100%. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see who replaces those guys. Uh, hopefully, maybe Alvarez honestly steps in and replaces them. I don't know because he's still a DH. But uh, I'll put you on the spot here, Brock, I know I don't have a guy um, really, uh, whatchamacallit, really uh, picked out for this. But American League or National League, who's winning the game and who's winning the MVP? Um, National League, Nick Castellanos, the killer, <laughs> the killer, Dude, the guy at the home run in the worst, the worst parts possible, man. And then that other clip resurfaced of Joey Votto hitting the home run, and that was an unbelievable. Like, that yeah, is an no. awful call. Oh, that Nick Castellanos. That is great, man. I'm so happy Twitter is a thing for stuff like this. I'm going to go with the AL, and I guess uh, hmm, who will I go with? My what you call? I'll go with the AL. They'll win the game 7-5 because Bo Bichette in his father's old ballpark will hit a, I don't know, go-ahead two-run double or something like that uh, to take the lead in like the eighth inning coming off the bench. So, yeah, I'll go with Bo Bichette as my MVP. Um, but we're on to the Derby, our last part of, the, of this episode today. Uh, they did release the bracket. We got our eight contestants. They are. Shohei Otani, Joey Gallo, 
Matt Olson, Salvador Perez, Pete Alonso, Trey Mancini, Trevor Story, and Juan Soto. Brox, out of all these eight guys, who just jumps out to you on the page first that you're like, oh, I'm real happy to see this guy in the Derby? Um, I would guess Gallo. I mean, obviously, obviously I'll say Pete, but like, I'm going to go Gallo just because the guy just, he doesn't even hit home runs, man. This guy hits missiles. This guy hits line drives that go over 400 feet. That would be cool to watch Gallo. Yeah, I'm with you. I was very happy. He was, I think he was the last guy to opt in. Uh, obviously, Otani's going to get a lot of hype, but wow, can, will Joey Gallo, especially in Coors Field, put yeah. the ball in some crazy spots? Um, which leads me to my next thing, Brox. Over under uh, 500 and like 15 feet longest home run. Over or under? Oh, under. Really? Uh, I- uh, dude, I don't remember the last time I saw a ball go over 500 feet in a baseball game. I, I mean, dude, yeah, I, I know it's not a game right now. But see, honestly, hey, depends on the balls. Depends on the balls, though. Dude, you know they're gonna, you know they're gonna juice them, too, man. There's no way that they don't, man. Oh man, I, I, I think I have to go over, man. I'm trying to find the longest home, like the longest home run derby, like. Like the longest like shot that's ever been hit. All right, I have something like right here. Uh, it was 513 feet by Aaron Judge. Just real quick, so I'm not 100% sure if it's like completely accurate, but 513 by Judge in 2017. If that's the case, man, this thing's going over. There's no way a Gallo doesn't. I don't even think like a guy like Matt Olson, who's not like a huge slugger, can put a ball way out there. Um, but yeah, I think the ball. I think the ball is gonna be flying. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, this home run derby. But uh, yeah, we got some we got some intriguing matchups as well. I mean, uh, you want to go through like kind of the sample bracket? You got the bracket in front of you, right? Um, hold on one second. Oh, yeah, nah, I got you. I got you. I'll, I'll read. Watch. I'll read out the matchups. All right. So first one, we got a one through eight. Shohei Otani, number one seed with 32 home runs so far on the year, going against Juan Soto with 11. Who you like? Um. I'm gonna go with Tommy. That, that yeah, that's an easy one. I don't know why I thought about that for a sec. Soto's a great hitter. He's not a, not a huge home run hitter though. I agree with you. I think Otani. Uh, first of all, he's got too much hype to go out in the first round, and he's the type of guy that lives up to it. Second of all, yeah, Soto doesn't really, like isn't really like that home run guy. Soto Soto's just like he he hope just uses completely normal swing, which is like if you ask me, like at some points the like the way to go. You know what's also crazy? You know what's crazy that Shohei Otani, they said he never, he's never taken batting practice this year. Are you calling BS on that or what? That's, you, on, that's you some bull crap. That's, Come on. That's man. such cap. No way. Hey, honestly, but like if that's the case, like I'm not going to say I'd be a little scared then for him in the home run derby, but like I feel like he's going to get exhausted. Like maybe not in the first round, but I think that could potentially like maybe hurt. That is, that's I also potential think that is, down the line, I yeah. That is, that is crazy, though, that he's not, he hasn't taken BP this year. Okay. All right. And if he hasn't, hats off. That makes it even that much better what he's done. All right. We got our round up. All right. I'm going to go to this matchup last night. So on the same side of the bracket as Otani Soto, so we both have Otani moving on, is Salvador Perez, who's at 20 home runs, and Pete Alonso at 15. I'm kind of nervous. To, I mean, I'm not nervous. I just I think I know what's going to happen here. Who are, you, who are you taking? You're taking your boy Pete to try to repeat again? You know, I'm going to go with Pete any round, but this round, man. I gotta say, man, I'm sorry, Salvador Perez, but this should be a lock. This has to be a lock. Really? Now, I'm gonna disagree with you on this. As crazy as that sounds, listen, I don't love Salvador Perez in the home run derby. I don't necessarily know if he's in the home run derby. This could come back to really bite me. 
But I don't know. I just think, like, there's such, like, you know, lure about the home run derby, like, the first time you're in it. Like, once you win it, like, I just don't even know why Pete Alonso's in it again. Like, I don't what know he why have, he went back. I don't know. Like, that, no that's clue. to me. Like, like, what do you have to prove? Like, I'm not going to say he got, like, bailed down the first one. Like, Vlad hit more home runs than him over the course of it. So, like, you won yours. Like, you deserve to win. You beat Vlad, who was, like, a worthy contestant. Like, why? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Judge hasn't came back since he won the other one. So, yeah, I think that, um, I don't know. I think that maybe necessarily, too, he might not, like, it's a kind of like when those guys go into the dunk contest multiple times, too, and it's just like, like you know, like, it's, it's just not going to be the same preparation if you ask me for Alonzo. Yes, he's going to have, like, the experience, at least, of hitting, like, that, like, repetitively, like, the rounds, but um, I don't know. I just think that, like, it might not mean as much to him. And I feel like the home run derby is like one of those things because, listen, these guys can all hit the ball out of the ballpark at the end of the day. So I think like at the end, it also comes down to like who just like who it means a lot to. And I don't think for Alonzo again, maybe it does in his mind. Maybe he's like, oh, I got to defend this. So in that case, yeah, maybe he does have a chip on his shoulder. But I think that uh, he might be like a little too complacent just because like at the end, like he already won one. He doesn't really mean a lot to him now that he already has one. But for your sake, I hope Alonzo. I do. I do hope Alonzo. I hope I'm wrong then. I hope Alonzo moves on. Uh, move on to. Now, this is the other side of the bracket. Uh, Matt Olson versus Trey Mancini. Obviously, Trey Mancini is probably the story of the season coming back from uh, cancer uh, past, uh, off, like this past year. He missed all of 2020. But uh, unfortunately for Trey Mancini, I think that's where the story – I think his uh, home run derby triple comes short. I love Matt Olson. Uh, his swing as a left-handed hitter, uh, a lot of power there. So I'll take Olson winning this round. Yeah, I think so too. Olson's having a fantastic year. He really has definitely been a, a key staple in Oakland's roster. And I think I'll go. I left this one for last because I think it's the hardest matchup. Uh, I'll go with Joey Joey Gallo versus Trevor Story here. Uh, I will say this first. And I'll say that I'll actually wait to that at the end. Um, I think this is going to be the best first round matchup by far. Uh, I still honestly, I mean, like I just like wrote it out. I didn't make my pick yet for this one because I think it's a coin flip. Um, I did mention the thing, too, about, like, the home run derby. I think a lot of it's just, like, what it means to people. I think I've been saying it to a lot of people, too, that this is, like, Trevor Story's, like, last hoorah with um, Colorado. He never really – he never won a championship with them, never won an MVP with them. So this, this would mean a lot to him. And, like, to, find, to finish off his Rockies tenure in that, um, in that sense because uh, I think he's going to get traded at the deadline. But at the same time – uh, he drew the worst first-round matchup in Joey Gallo, so I think it's going to be a close matchup. I think Trevor Story will have the home uh, the home crowd behind him, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go Joey Gallo here. I, Joey Gallo just has too much power for me. I think it's going to. Yeah. I think Trevor Story too is not like this like crazy slugger, so I just think that like Trevor like I think for Gallo, it's just going to like he's going to be able to swing easier if you ask me. Like Story's going to. I'm not going to say Story has to get a good piece of it every time. But, like, story, if you ask me, he's going to have to use a lot more energy. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I think Gallo's swing does have to change a bit. So, yeah, I think this is Gallo. It sucks for story to have this type of matchup in the first round when you're at home, but I think it's a Gallo. Yeah, and listen, who knows? I remember um, a couple years ago, Justin Bohr went on. I forgot who he beat, but I'm pretty sure he, he like, I think he went to the oh, yeah. against Judge. Yeah, do you remember? He was on a, on a tear. He was. That was hilarious. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why, like, I hate, obviously, uh, what's his name? Like, Bryce Harper won it the next year in his home crowd. Like, you don't know how much it bothered. Was Carlos Santana in the Derby, though, in 2019? He was, right? He was, yeah. He lost in the right, first makes, round of the Okay, okay, that makes me feel better. That makes me feel better. But, yo, yeah. what is the, home, is the hometown kid do? 
That's what they're asking. But uh, we'll moving on to our second round, so I guess I'll stay Gallo. Uh, we'll stay on that side. Gallo Olsen, that of the AL West Sluggers. Who do you got? Gallo. Yeah, me. Too. I mean, me too. I don't honestly. I don't think this one's particularly close. I also say this. I think if Story makes it to this round, I also like Story over Olsen here. Yeah, but, uh, I guess you can say that. I mean, this is where we defer a little bit on the other side. Otani versus the winner of Perez, Alonso. You think Alonso gets him and goes back to the finals? I think you know my answer on that one. <laughs> I know you'll be rocking your Alonso All-Star Game jersey. Excuse me. Oh, yeah, good idea. So, not this year, though. Not this year's jersey. 2019. <laughs> yeah, not this year's. Uh, the sleeves of 2019. Show off them guns, Braxy. Uh, but, yeah, I- I'll go Otani here. Like I said, I think uh, this event is going to – I think this. I don't. I mean, I think it would be one of the most viewed home run derbies because Otani's in it, and everybody like can finally see him on the big stage. I'm happy he's accepted this position. I think he's not going to disappoint. I think he'll be in the finals against Joey Gallo, which brings us to the finals. We have two different finals. Brock, your final of Pete Alonso and Joey Gallo. Should I even ask? I mean, obviously you shouldn't. I gotta say this. Like, if you've done the derby once, you know what it takes. Like, like strategy wise, now with um using the timeout and just like conserving your energy. So that's why I like Alonzo. I mean, obviously I'm the one to win, but like, I like Alonzo just because he knows what it takes to win a derby. Cause it's kind of, honestly like you can see, like it takes a lot of guys. It takes a lot of them like for their second half. So no, yeah, listen, I'm mentioning the part that like Pete Alonzo might not have the chip on his shoulder to win the home run derby, but at the same time, like I said, I I did say I was like, all these guys can hit the ball out of a ballpark. It comes down to two: can you manage like your energy and stuff like that? Because you get exhausted from swinging that much. And if Pete Alonso's already experienced it, that is a huge advantage for him. So I hate to say that, like I have him out in the first round, but uh, listen, I think Pete Alonso's definitely a uh, a, I mean a huge like, what's it called like a, a gonna put up a good fight here. Uh, so I. Gallo and Otani in the finals. And honestly, I think this is where Otani falls a little bit short. I'll take Joey Gallo to win the home run derby. Uh, I mean, that's just what I hope to. I hope he hits some absolute bombs. And uh, maybe, again, maybe it's his last like big moment for the Texas Rangers. But I will say this. I think if Trevor Story beats Joey Gallo in the first round, I'll, I like I, I want Gallo slash Story. I have Gallo slash Story winning the whole thing. I know now I'm picking two winners, but whoever wins that matchup, I think will win the whole thing. Um, I know I didn't tell you about this too, Brox. I got a, I got odds right now on these guys to win the Derby, right? Otani plus 400, Gallo plus 450, Alonzo plus uh, 525, and then oh, I'll give wow. you like Story plus 800. Which one you like? I mean, I guess value-wise, I like, I guess I like Story. Yeah, I agree. I love, I love Story at plus 800. Uh, you got like Olsen 580. Perez seven hundred, Soto seven fifty, Mancini a thousand. I I don't think I'd touch Otani at four hundred. No, that's uh, too low for me. I I mean obviously I like Alonzo to win, but plus five hundred is not bad. Mm-hmm. Not bad value yeah. there either. Yeah, like we said, if we were watching McCall, if you if you had to handicap the event, you know what I mean. You gotta get yeah. you gotta give a pick because you know, you know the listeners out there. That's what they care. They want to make their money, so you gotta give our suggestions. Uh, who knows? Probably fade us though. Uh. But, yeah, I guess I'll wrap it up with one last thing, Brox. Uh, obviously, All-Star Game Monday, Tuesday, two great days of baseball. Uh, back, I know, obviously, the All-Star Game 2 was in City Field, so it definitely is probably one that sticks out in your mind. What is your favorite All-Star Game 
weak memory. So including the home run derby and including the uh, all-star game. What's your favorite memory from it? I mean, obviously, you know my derby one with Alonzo winning in 2019. But I guess all-star game had to be 2015 when DeGrom threw 10 pitches in the inning, struck out yep. the side. When he absolutely dominated the – I forget who he faced. It was like – I think it was in Cincinnati, right? In Cincinnati. I don't know who we faced, but he just absolutely dominated there and just showed everyone the budding star he was. So that was probably my favorite All-Star game memory. Yeah, DeGrom, that was definitely a good one. Uh, I mean, you could say any of Trout's MVPs, if you ask me. I think the first one he won was – he won in 2012 in Kansas City. That was one of them. Uh, obviously, I'll go to with like Mariano Rivera pitching his last All-Star game. I believe that was 2013 in City Field it was. Uh, my favorite Derby memories, uh, first of all, anytime Chris Berman was on the call, back, 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 right. back, back. Uh, back. I mean, I got I to <laughs> so back. I got a couple more. Obviously, Judge winning the home run Derby was another one. That's my guy. Robinson Cano in 2011 mm-hmm. with his dad out there. That was in Arizona. That was an awesome one. Um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. versus Jock Peterson in 2019. That matchup was awesome. Uh, I think Vlad won it like 38-37 or something like that. I'll go my favorite one probably. Uh, definitely probably the most memorable home run derby performance out there. 2008 in the old Yankee Stadium, Josh Hamilton, what you call. Honestly, one of my one of my favorite players yeah. of all time, Josh. I got one more though, actually. I got yeah, one more. Yeah, go for it. I know. Like I said, these are just sparking up things. There's so many. Yeah, no. Like 2013, when I was at City Field, I had tickets to both, and I was away for them, so that was a great memory for me. <laughs> Having tickets to the All Star Week and not going to go at all. Jeez, man, that is that is tough. That is definitely one thing I'd love to go make it out to. I'd love to make it out to. I know now I'm just rubbing it in. I'd love to make it to a home run derby and an all star game, especially this year too. And because like, what would you rather go to? Would you rather go to the home run derby over the all star game? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I don't care if I'm sitting behind on plate. Yeah. I'd rather go to the derby. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I think like at the end of the day, I think that um, as good as like the like the competition is in the all star game, like. I don't know. You're not really playing for much. Obviously, these guys are playing for pride just to like show themselves. But uh, um, the home run derby, I mean, it's going to be electric no matter what. Like, there's a chance the All Star game. Who knows? It's like a six nothing game. You know what I mean? But the home yeah. run derby, you're going to see bombs. And like, I would. I mean, you, come on, you can't sit behind home plate for the derby. I don't care, man. You got. I don't put me in the last row of like the 500s. I don't care. Oh yeah, that's yeah. I'm just saying, like, I don't care where I, I sit. Like, I would love to be in the in left course, field, right in field. field. Like, you know how they have like. Like that, all that walkway to and like left field, like left. I would just be standing out there, you know what I mean? Because people yeah. are sit over there and right field. Put me on the field. Yeah. Um, dude, do you know like when I, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be on that field so bad. Like I was like, uh, that that like if you asked me when I was younger, like what one of my things, what one of my bucket list things to do in baseball, it was to be one of those guys on the field, man. These guys just have the time of their life running around, and if you dive and make a catch, oh, you're the man. Are you kidding? You're like ten years old, and everybody in this. Yeah, but it's also rapid. dangerous, though, man. You're going to use rigorous at you. You got 115 off Stanton's bat coming at you. Like, that is... So you get domed in left field, and they got to stop the event. Like, kid is, dead. If you really think about it, that is really dangerous, man. Like, those kids are not meant for... Those are young kids, man. I, I actually... I wonder what the age requirement is. But there's... I mean, there's nobody... There's nobody our age, you know what I mean? Too I mean, what if... What if they let them use aluminum bats? That's like... Suicide <laughs> putting them in left field. Oh, my God. If they let these guys use aluminum bats... That's like one thing I love about, like, cards that they still use aluminum bats. But, yeah. Oh, if they use aluminum bats, that 600 feet 
might be in play. Nah, who knows? But uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, we'll be sure to hop on there. I know uh, we haven't really recorded now. It's like almost two weeks. We're definitely going to hop on at some point next week before the second half officially starts kind of recap the all-star game recap the home run derby and uh recap also our predictions from episode one that we made on our division winners our award winners and um possibly change ours for uh next what we call it uh this next half of the season uh who knows uh we might even have a big trade to break at the deadline uh, at after the all-star break on our next episode i remember manny machado a couple years ago uh got dealt like over this all-star break so who knows definitely gonna be interesting but brocks it was a pleasure And uh, take care, everybody. Have a good one.